Astrology is the oldest science on earth, but it got rendered useless by the church. Astrology has really got an ancient source of soul answers because in astrology, timing is everything. It's the most profound example of reincarnation you could ever see. The story's over. We're at the end of an era. This entire reality as we know it is going to go through a big change. Welcome back, everyone, to Diary of an Empath. Today, we have a very special guest who has dedicated her life to unlocking the mysteries of the cosmos through astrology. She is none other than Deborah Silverman, a renowned astrologist, a psychotherapist with a passion for understanding how the stars influence our lives. With over 40 years of experience in the field, Deborah has helped countless individuals gain insights to their personalities relationships, and life paths through her unique approach to astrology. Her work has been featured in major media outlets, and she has built a loyal following of clients who seek her wisdom and guidance. Welcome to the show, Deborah. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to have this conversation on none other than a solar eclipse day. I just realized that when I was scheduling and kind of preparing for the interview, I'm like, wait a minute, tomorrow's the solar eclipse. What a perfect day to do this interview. Well, I'm not going to correct you, but it was a couple of days ago, but let's just leave it at that. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So is the, is the energy still active? The energy of an eclipse lasts for months. So it's not just on the day. So that's really important to know. All the transits occur. It's not like, you know, at one o'clock or one thirty, there's an eclipse in the energy. It's, it's a moving target. It's a moving constant energetic. So yes, we are under the influence of an eclipse. That's so interesting. So in terms of how you got into this, I would love to know your background because I do feel like people like us tend to get into these fields for reasons, whether we're attracted to it, whether it's part of the universe's plan. How did you navigate into this field of helping others, astrology? I want to hear about it. <laughs> it's so funny because I looked at your chart. All therapists come with a broken childhood. It's it just built mm. into the system. Yeah. And by the way, most 90% of people on planet Earth have some dysfunction in their childhood or somewhere in their relationships. So I just had one of those really eccentric families. I always say that Woody Allen could have come to my house and filmed our dinner and it would have been needing to change nothing. The clothes, the outfits, the little Jewish personalities, the loud family. So I grew up with this very strange, exotic, stress, trauma-filled family and I kept asking the question, what is wrong with them? <laughs> and so that that became, began the curiosity. And I went to graduate school and have a master's in clinical psychology. And it was mostly because I was so puzzled by behaviors that seemed to me so unnecessary. I'm not a um, dramatic character, but I have a lot of had had a lot of drama in my life and a lot of trauma. So it was mostly trying to unravel the knot of the other and then its impact on me, which worked. I did do the therapeutic practice and I did get to the bottom of my issues. And then I did clean out the slate. And then as the years have gone by, because it's almost going to be 46 years next month that I've been practicing, I, I realized that you can clean out your own unconscious envelope. And once that's tended to, you can show other people the process of how to really release the old stories and come into current time, but it's not without effort. And there is technologies out there and there's a variety of ways to do so. It's just that the truth is the human condition is built 
to be broken, to be healed. We're, we go down to go up here. It's the nature of the beast. Like mm-hmm. everything breaks to be healed. Hearts are broken to get back opened. So it's just how it goes. We just don't seem to do it on a very sustained, peaceful state. We like to go up and down and up and down. That's so interesting. A lot like you. Well, you know, yeah, so I became a therapist, but I also, you know, and I thought that was the end all be all. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to school to work at the VA and I want to work with veterans and that's my dream job and that's where I'm going to retire. And the universe had other plans for me. You know, I found myself after COVID, like many people, feeling very unfulfilled and all of a sudden questioning my entire existence. And I started dabbling in tarot and I've always been extremely psychic and extremely empathic, extremely intuitive, but more than just like the typical empath. It was always very um, predictive in senses, uh, very clairsentience, knowing how you know people were going to act or kind of knowing things before they were going to happen. And so now, you know, I, I do psychic readings as well, but um, getting into media was a very new thing for me too. And so it's just very interesting how the universe has other plans for people and it just kind of brought a different way of healing. So I love that you combine them both because I find that people have a lot of healing that is involved when it comes to a spiritual practice. For you, how do you find that astrology or or your line of practice works when it comes to helping others to heal? Does it help others to heal? First of all, I just want to speak to your chart. You have Mercury and Scorpio, so I'm going to interrupt. So your your thought process, that psychic ability, your mental structure, Mercury describing your mind, is in Scorpio as well as your life lesson. And it's a very specific position that describes a psychic. So your Scorpio goes beyond the veil. It likes to get underneath things. It likes to see things from a different point of view that is not the surface level. So that thought process doesn't definitely contributes to you always wanting to go a little deeper, a little deeper, and a little deeper. So okay. that would explain, and the psychic ability exists beyond the surface of the mind. There's shamanic voices. There's energies that occur. There's angels that stand by. There's ancestors who would love to help you. So you're describing your own nature. It's, it's, it's so, I don't want to say general, but spirituality can be things like I'm psychic. What does that even mean? It means that your mental constructs are not locked in. They're permeable. So there's a receptivity to other voices, to instincts, to your body, to in whispers. And that's one of your gifts. And so back to your question, as a healer, It's been very clear to me that my job is to penetrate the veneer, to not let the superficial storyline be acceptable because it's never what it appears. What we tell people, how are you doing today? I'm fine. How are you fine? Bullshit. Like there's so much more going on under the system. And if you're a Scorpio, your little antennas go, Mm -hmm. they're going ding, ding, ding. Not true. Not true. Ding, ding, ding. Got to ask a better question. So this is the nature of your chart. Mercury and Scorpio, and it is the nature of every healer and every psychic has a scorpionic influence that feels what is not visible, but is absolutely real. That's so intriguing. So in terms of basic astrology, you know, someone who really doesn't know much about it, what does someone need to understand about the basics of astrology? Well, there's the, the first level is sun, moon, and rising. Those are the, called the three pillars. So the sun, of course, is your personality. It's the ego structure. It is, everyone knows their sun sign. Why? Because the sun only moves one degree a day. And every single day, we know if you're born, for example, on April 30th, we know you're going to be 
what sign you are. If you're born May 1st, we know you're a Taurus. If you're January 1st, we know you're a Capricorn. These are givens. They never change. So you know the sun sign simply by your birth date. The moon, on the other hand, is very, very quick. In a month, it moves through all 12 signs. So that has to be looked up based on your moment of birth and the city you were in. Where was the moon at the moment of your birth? And then the third category is the rising sign, which is the most important in esoteric law. And that's the moment of your birth determines the constellation that was on the eastern horizon right at the moment you were born. So those are the three pillars. The ego is the sun sign. That's your ego, that personality trait that you can't get rid of. The moon is your inner world. It's at night. It describes your insides process, how you feel the world. And the rising sign is exactly that. It's what you're rising into. It's your higher self. It's your soul. And that's determined by your moment of birth. So you take those three ingredients, the ego, the sun, the emotional body, the moon, and then your soul, and you put them in a blender and you mix them all up and then you get you. Let's talk about misconceptions. What would you say are some key misconceptions when someone thinks about astrology? Are there any? First of all, people say things like, I'm a Gemini, but I can't relate. Well, that's because there's not only those three pillars I just described, there's 10 planets altogether. So the misconception is that it's superficial, that it's predictable in the name of generalities, not true, that uh, there are so many interpretations of astrology, that's not true. When you get down to the really simple principles, there is a consistency for forethought. Astrology is the oldest science on earth but it got rendered useless by the church because nobody wants a person following to say, I'm an Aquarian. I can't do it. You just told me, what do you mean you can't do it? No, get in line. Yep. So we diminished, we, we, we literally reduced it to a parlor trick. Astrology has really got an ancient source of soul answers and the misconceptions are endless because it's been cheapened and there's no regular, like you can't get to, as a psychologist or a licensed therapist, you have to go through a series of tests. You've got to go through university. You can call yourself an astrologer and have no training at all. That's a problem. That's so intriguing. And what I love how you said, and this is a whole nother conversation, but you know, I, I respect everyone's religion belief system, but you know, for me, I don't like to put myself in a box and I am a history nerd. And like you said, a lot of, a lot of religion was used to get in line, power and control, especially in the times of the monarchies. And a lot of, you know, it's that burn the witch mentality, you know, burn the witch at the stake. Oh, you, you double and terrible your evil. It's like, come on. No, you know, it's just a tool. It's a tool like, like anything else. But what I love about astrology, when I started dabbling into it and I'm nowhere near your level, but it's very mathematical. Like I'm like, this is really truly like mathematics and people have been doing this for centuries. And it's just so amazing how you can really dive into not only someone's personality type, but maybe what they would be good at career wise or, you know, their karma. Um, and a lot of the things fit. Like when I was looking at my chart, I'm like, oh my God, this is actually pretty, pretty legit. If you had to narrow down, like, is there a powerful, powerful house or like a house that's more powerful than the other ones? Or are they all equal and just different? Well, there's angular houses. You're asking a very technical question. I don't think that it's more or less powerful. There are definitely indicators that suggest a career like you, double Capricorn, a career-oriented personality. Duh. If you see double Capricorn, you stop the bus and you go, okay, let's get the rules. Let's get the money. 
get the nice things. We're going for a really nice trip. If you see double cancer, you're like, no, I'm not going out of the house. I want to stay home. I want to cuddle and I want to play with the puppy. So <laughs> totally different personality type built in. It's not so much the houses, although the angles are very significant to, a, to an astrologer. It's more the indicators that say, what's the reason this person came to earth? What's the purpose? What's the lessons? What is the nature of their karma? All that's answered. It's so crazy that astrology has been left behind when it's like the shortcut. I, it puzzles me that it's just now resurfacing when the truth is it never left, by the way. It has mm -hmm. been sustained. The same symbols, the hieroglyphics are 4,000 years old. Wow. Wow. How could that be? Unless it was a really tried system that, just like Jesus, his name lives with us or Buddha over thousands of years because it's the truth. We can maybe thank TikTok for that. A lot of a lot of things came up on TikTok now that are resurfacing. So in terms of life purpose, if somebody wanted to get an idea of what they're supposed to be doing or get an idea of what road to take, how does astrology help them figure that out? Where do they look for that? I have a school. It's a six-week program. It happens twice a year. We only have a curriculum that starts in September and in January. And one of the main classes in level one is Saturn which is very strong in your chart. Saturn describes your life purpose. It's the question you just asked. And it's, to me, it's the only question to ask, like, what are you doing here? Why would anyone come down to a planet that is violent, that has the word war? That word doesn't even make sense to me. That has children being abused, that has starvation, that has poverty, that has slaves. Like, excuse me, um, I was just kidding. I, I, I don't really think I want to be here. Oopsie. So then once I realized, oh no, this is not, a, it's a one-way ticket. Like you come here and you can't go home. So yeah. now this is home. Update. So now what am I doing here? Someone explain to me, please. Was there a reason? Oh, that would be Saturn. That will give me my intention, my function, and most important, my timing. Mm -hmm. Because in astrology, timing is everything. So at 28 to 30, there's not a person on this planet that didn't go through what's called Saturn return. And at that moment, everything changes. There is no way you're going to be the same person. So let's just look at yours. You have Saturn and Scorpio and yours was in uh, 2014. What happened to you in 2014? <laughs> oh, wow. So um, I worked in a federal prison. I resigned because it was a hellhole. Um, I sold my house. Um, I got divorced <laughs> and I bought a new house and my life took a complete change. So my point Every single human, and whenever I teach, I do that same question. Every single person between the ages of 28 and 31, there's a range. There will be a radical departure from where you came. You will wow. leave your job. You'll leave your marriage. You'll get married. You'll have a kid. The kid will die. The kid will live. The, there's a million trillion stories. All that is to say, timing is everything. And there is a divine instrument called Saturn that comes in to teach us. What is the next time I should be forewarned to know? Like I am right now in a Saturn cycle in my life. And I, you know, part of me like looks out the door in the front and goes, uh-oh, I know they're coming. And sure enough, I get a book deal and then I get a TV show and then I get a, like it all happened exactly as I expected. I didn't know what would happen, but these are the ways that life shows up. And once you know that, said the 75,000 year old woman, once you learn the timing, all of a sudden the rhythms become so smooth and soft and you're prepared and you're not shocked and you take care of yourself and you know when to buy the house and sell the house. So have a baby, not have a baby. These are the conversations that astrology address. It is mental health 
Awareness Month. And one thing I have been focusing on for this month has been meditation for my anxiety and to just have an overall well-being of mindfulness. I've been using a meditation device from a brand called Hyper Ice, and I do not get paid for this ad. This is something I genuinely wanted to share with you guys because I think it's a really interesting concept. It's a device that you hold in your hand and it's connected to an app that takes you through different meditations and it vibrates as you go through the meditation and teaches you how to breathe and it teaches you how to focus and to be mindful because sometimes our thoughts can kind of go off into the clouds when we're meditating. So I think that it's a really helpful device, especially for people who are very new to meditation. If you're interested in trying, you can go to hyperice.com and use the word empath at checkout. That's hyperice.com and use the word empath at checkout. I have more of a personal question since you just mentioned my chart. Someone told me that my my son is in a certain house that represents a public life. I'm just curious if that's true. 100% true. You were wow. born at the very top of the day because you were born at just between 11 and one o'clock in the afternoon. The sun is at the very top of the sky. When the sun is at the very top of the sky, think about it. It's the busiest part of our day. It's a public recognition that, oh my goodness, the lights are on. And a person born with that comes in with the lights on. So you will definitely be a public figure this life. That's so interesting how things are just playing out and how true, like this, like when I started diving into astrology, it was just like, holy shit, this is like legit. And it was almost like that same epiphany that I had when I started doing tarot. I'm like, you guys, this is real. <laughs> this is, and this is great. Like it's, it's given me more understanding of myself and my journey than any religion than any book I could have read. It's just absolutely amazing. So past lives, I kind of want to dive into this a little bit. What are your thoughts on past lives? How does astrology fit into that? And what can it teach us? I love the Scorpio. Let's go to the deepest, most important question I can think of. Okay. <laughs> so there's a film that came out, I want to say maybe 25 years ago, and I think it's called The Forbidden Child, but it's the story of a Rinpoche in um, Tibet, who's followed around by an attendant because the Rinpoches, which are another word for priest or rabbi, it's the head of their religious order. They come in for an entire lifetime and they remember their last life. They come in wow. and they recapitulate, they remember, and they have a lifetime. At the end of the next life, they tell their attendant, in the next life, I'm going to be born in Denver to parents who are um, Tommy and Barbara, and they rem they get a download before they leave. And then the attendant goes to Denver, looks for Tommy and Barbara, goes, this is literally a documentary where this wow. is a course in Tibet, where they go into the house and they go to several different homes looking for that child. They put on the table their skull cap, their spectacles, their prayer books, and there's five of the same looking one. And the little child is like four to five years old in the night. They wake the child up. It's a, it's a documentary. Comes into the room, pulls the same spectacles, the same beads, the same everything that they used in the last life, hands it to their person and says, and they say, okay, you're coming with us. They take the kid, it's called a tuku, from the parents to the Dalai Lama, and the Dalai Lama recognizes him, and that child becomes trained as a, as a Rinpoche. So I watched wow. that documentary. It's the most profound example of reincarnation you could ever see. Wow. There's no debate. It's done as a documentary. It took many, many years to do. It's all in black and white. And you see, without a doubt, that there are, in that lineage, for example, the Dalai Lama has reincarnated, ready, 13 times. Wow. And every past life, every time he dies, 
he tells his attendant where he's coming next. And they find the Rinpoche, they find the Dalai Lama. And, it's, and now this lifetime, I don't know if you know this, he's told and announced to the world he's not reincarnating. Oh, wow. Not a well-known truth, but if you Google Rinpoche or the Dalai Lama, he's not coming back. He's finished because the story's over. We're at the end of an era. This entire reality as we know it is going to go through a big change. So reincarnation for me was validated in that film. And in my own experiences, I have had, like I'm sure you have had dreams. I've had access. I was very skeptical. I'm a personality type who needs hard evidence. Like that's why I love that film. In astrology, I was a skeptic. I need hard evidence. I'm not the person that goes, oh, woo woo, and the tro cards and all that. I have to have like, show me the money. And so that reincarnation example, embodied by a Rinpoche, witnessed by a film crew, gave me total confidence that yes, we continually come here now. Do we remember? No. Do we have very short memories? Yes. Are we left with a very limited consciousness that gets caught in? Did I leave the iron on? Oh my God, where am I going today? Where's my phone? That's what our fixations are. However, when the mind learns meditation, when there's an interest, like you have a passionate interest, then you dive down those rabbit holes because your Mercury's in Scorpio. You can't do superficial. Your nature is very deep. So the answer to the question is reincarnation is real. It's a ridiculous thought to think that you just arrived here. Really? Side note, did you guys know that I'm not only a therapist, but I'm also a professional tarot reader? It's not exactly me hovering over a crystal ball telling your future. It's a tool to connect with your guides and your higher self to help you in certain areas of your life. Tarot genuinely changed my life and it can potentially change yours too. Click on the link in this podcast for more info. Okay, back to the podcast. I tend to get very close feelings with places. And and I'm not talking I'm like, oh, I go on vacation and I, I love this place. I love Italy. Everyone loves Italy. But there are specific places in the world, specifically Ireland, for whatever reason, and kind of like that Celtic type of vibe that it just felt like absolute peace and home and something that I couldn't explain and like this yearning to keep going back. And I'm actually going back in August. And when I did a past life reading, that area came up for me and I knew right away, I'm like, I know I had a past life there. So I kind of delved into, I did a regression and uh, that, that area came up again. And I found it so interesting because it wasn't like I had a memory. It was just it was just this feeling. It was just this something about it. Yes. I was like, I just feel like I had a home here and I can't explain why. I don't know what it is. It's just an inner knowing, an inner feeling, an inner peace. I believe in karma and I do believe that we have life lessons or karma that needs to be worked out in this lifetime, especially when it comes to people. And I know I've had my fair share. What are your thoughts about karma uh, when it comes to past lives and do we need to work that out in this life? That's such a funny question. You know the answer. <laughs> so I want to just say, any of you listening who haven't had past life memories, because that happens to a lot of people, you have a natural interest in different countries, in different languages, in different food, in different smells, in different styles. And that will give you a clue. So don't be limiting your mind because Reese obviously has a profound Mercury and Scorpio. And I have cultivated meditation. But if you haven't, you can tell by your interests. It's that simple. So I really want to encourage people to not limit that you have to have a direct experience to be open. Karma, 
karma you had with your mom and dad, karma you have with the dog, karma you have with your kids. I mean, these are people you can't get rid of. I have a theory that there are some people you can't get rid of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they come around and around again and again. And depending on, this is how I live my life. I wonder, is today the day that I'm going to die? This is a very Scorpio thought. Is there anyone in my world that I have something unfinished with? So I was in meditation one day. You're going to love this story. Um, and I heard, this is so weird. I heard this name, man's name, his of, name of a man who I had some karma with that I hadn't seen in 10 years. And I walked into Whole Foods. I was on my bike ride and I didn't even have anything to go into Whole Foods for. And at the front door, I saw him coming in. And I walked up to him as he was standing in front of the salad bar with his tray. And I said, this is going to be a weird conversation. But I was in meditation today and I asked the question, is there anyone in my life that I have an out with? And your name came up. And I just want to apologize to you because I know that I was your wife's therapist and I understand you heard a session I did with her and you probably think I contributed to your divorce. I didn't, but I can appreciate that was what you misunderstood. And by the way, I've seen your two sons be raised by her and you've done a brilliant job. And can I please be forgiven? And I asked for a hug and he said, yes. And then we finished the conversation. I said, what are you doing? He's standing with the train. He said, I don't even know why I'm here. And I said, me either. Wow. And I left the Whole Foods. Now that was me listening in a meditation. I asked the question, is there anyone I have an out with that I didn't complete in this life? His name came up. He appeared in Whole Foods. That is a ridiculously bizarre story. Mm-hmm. All to say that, yes, we have karma. And yes, you can ask who it is. And yes, there's access to your inner voice. If you Meditation takes years. It's very boring. It took me years to get good at it. I don't even think I'm good at it. However, If you're as deep as Reese is and you have a sincere intention to evolve this lifetime and to raise up the frequency, you will get answers. And your reincarnation is simply, who in my world bugs the shit out of me? Who are the people I can't get rid of? And what can I do to make amends only on your side of the street? You don't need them. That was an unusual event that he actually hugged me. It wouldn't be required for me to go into that exchange. What's required is on the inside for one person alone to say, I have forgiven you. I have forgiven me. There's the Hawaiian prayer. Please forgive me. I love you. I'm sorry. Thank you. And when you say those things and you use that prayer modality, there's a chance to actually clean up your karma, which prepares you for your next life. Now, can you see your karma on your chart? Can you see it with uh, uh, past lives or anything on on your astrology chart as well? Yes. There's one aspect in my chart that used to be a burden. I have sun square Pluto. It's a technical term, but it means that my ego is diminished. So it left me very insecure for much of my life. Like I didn't know I was a good astrologer. I didn't know I was a good healer. I never had self-confidence that was on my inside. You wouldn't be able to tell by looking, but Mm -hmm. I had an internal dialogue that was undermining. And when I figured it out, that aspect in my chart, I realized the asset is as my success continues. And yes, I have written books and yes, I've had some success because my ego's diminished, it never got the best of me. So at one hand, it left me insecure. On the other hand, it gave me the gift to say, you know what? Yeah, I'm a good astrologer. There's lots of them. Don't be impressed with me. And it's kept me humbled. So where karma can feel like a curse, you feel insecure. You have a weight issue. You have a health issue. You don't have relationships at work. You have too many relationships. There's lots of clues about your karma. They can be turned into 
a gift once you do deep work. And that's what you're eliciting from me, Miss Scorpio, Miss Mercury and Saturn and Scorpio over there. You're getting the best out of me because of your level of consciousness. You have Pluto, Mercury, and Saturn all in Scorpio. Did you know that? Uh, no, I don't think I did. So you have three planets in Scorpio, which describes a personality type who is absolutely compassionate. Like, first of all, the heart of a Scorpio is never mentioned. But the second part is they're so driven. Mm-hmm. They can't stop. That's they me. have to get underneath everything. They can't, they just will not. And the darker, the prisons, the veterans, the people that are isolated, you're willing to go into that scary place and go, I'll stand here with you and seek the healing. Yeah. And it's been to my detriment at times, <laughs> those relationships. That's my point. If until you learn from astrology, mm-hmm. what's the high road of Scorpio? Because that will take you to the dark side. Everyone tells you their problems. Everybody wants to lay their trips on you. Everybody gets, you get, you have x-ray vision. You mm-hmm. see through people and they don't want you to see through them and you can't help it. Yep. So true. So twin flames and soulmates. I'm see when I talk about relationships, like I am in a good place now, but I've been um, single for a very, very long time, partly because I'm in Orlando. There's not really a good dating scene here. Uh, secondly, I'm, I need an enlightened person and I'm very solid with what I'm looking for and who I am. And I will never go back to some of the situations I've been in. And I, I have my, my daughter and I just love her too much to ever put her in a unhealthy situation. But in my past, I've been through some very, very, very toxic cycles with people. I do believe I've met my twin flame. It did not work. Um, I've probably had countless opportunities to rekindle if I wanted to because he's tried every six months, but I refuse. It's just not a good situation. But is twin flames real or are soulmates real? Can we see that in the chart? Or are some people just destined to not be in a relationship? Welcome to Libra. <laughs> oh my God. Shit. This is her sign. She is a Libra. She just gave us the ding, ding, ding Libra conversation. <laughs> of course there's, I don't know. I, I am a very practical person. So to say twin souls, I don't know. I do believe I've met them. I've seen people and looked at two people and gone, that's it. Those two people are the same. It can happen with your child, by the way. You can end up oh, with yeah. twins. She's my, my better half. And you can end up with your best friend being a twin soul. So I'm not the person that lands on those words with confidence because I get caught in wanting concrete results. Mm-hmm. Is relationship the deepest karmic doorway as a human? When we live on other planets or we're living in the levels of higher consciousness, we're one. There's no such thing as loneliness on, except on earth. We separate from God when we come here. They cut all the lines and we feel lonely. And it's only through sex that we have the union experience. We're like, whoa, I remember this. Oh, that's right. And we reduce the ego to the yum yum factor. At this moment, it's very limited for people to be able to do relationship for women like you and I, or all listening who are spiritually awake because women were the second more improved version multiple orgasms, they smell better, they bleed, they cry, they have all these capacities that men didn't get. So not to say I don't love men, but we are the new improved version. And as a result, we hang with men and we're like, really? That's what you're talking about? <laughs> yes. So no comments. It's so women. true. <laughs> so, so, so we don't judge them. And we are here for those women that are in relationship. Your longing for union is greater than your longing for self-preservation. You would rather be in union than take care of your soul's independence. 
not a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. It makes children. It makes for family. And there's some of us who go, did I do something wrong that I can't find my twin soul or my soulmate? No, the odds are not in our favor right now because, ready? Planet Earth is going through a radical transition. We are in a growth cycle. We are giving birth. She's screaming. Now, if you were in a room giving birth, do you think you're thinking about your soulmate? You're right, thinking right. about that woman giving birth, trying to take care of her. I am trying to take care of mom right now. So my attention is on the bigger picture. If there was a man who had a similar interest as me and was interested in supporting me in my very, like my appetite for changing and helping this planet is insatiable. So yes. I've taken my little ego and my little romantic self, who's so beautiful. She's such a lover and said to her, honey, I'm going to get right back to you. Sit down. Oh, that's me. <laughs> That is so me. I would love a partner. I have so much love to give, but I've given myself so much love over the last year to two years that it's got to be somebody extremely spiritual, somebody who cares about helping others who or who can support me in that way because what I'm doing right now, the work that I'm doing, it's important and I know that it has a purpose and a value. So I can't let anybody diminish my vibrations. It's got to be someone who would uplift me. And I just haven't met anyone to that standard yet. But I'm I'm actually okay. I feel pretty fulfilled. This is probably the most, besides the stress of work, you know, of doing everything because obviously my chart shows that I'm a workaholic. <laughs> yes. Right. But I'm, you know, I'm pretty fulfilled in terms of, you know, love and friends and my daughter. And so, you know, to me that I need to be serving others in some way. Now you mentioned, you know, the earth kind of having a rebirth or trying to fix itself because we got a lot of shit going on in the world right now. Do you have any predictions in terms of astrology of yeah, what you think right may happen? Nobody wants to hear this. We're heading towards a brick wall. The ice is melting at the speed that we did not expect. The coral is gone at the speed we did not expect. The plastics in the water beyond our wildest imagination. And by the way, the water in America in the Colorado River is down to at least it's got it. They said within 10 years, we'll be out of water. So no one talks about this. I'm like Debbie Downer. I always feel like I fart and everybody walks out of the room because it's like, why is she doing that again? But nothing's wrong. That is exactly what we've been saying. If you, you've been there, when a woman is giving birth, let's start at the beginning. She starts by throwing up. She feels completely weird. Her boobs start getting really big and her tummy starts to grow. By the nine months in, she's lying on a table screaming. And I mean screaming. Now, if you didn't know better, you would say, this is horrible. Somebody help her. No, excuse me. This is divine. Everything's been orchestrated, said the astrologer, by divine order. The mind cannot comprehend the divine order. So out of that woman comes this teeny little baby and now you're in love with your daughter with her little nails and the little eyelashes and the little lips and she knows exactly how to breastfeed. Excuse me, your mind did not predict that, did it? Nor can mine about what's to happen. But I can promise you this, a miracle is going to happen. I hope so because, you know, I'm, no, I'm... Listen to me, listen to me. There is no question that the gods, the angels are watching us there are ETs that are organized waiting for us to be vulnerable enough and humble enough to be open. But we are still caught in a very closed system that lives in terror. And everyone listening to this, when I talk about those things, and then cotton goes in the ears and we get caught and we go back to 
TikTok. So the question, isn't that interesting? It's called TikTok. Because that's what's going on right now. Everything's going tick-tock, tick-tock. Mm-hmm. We're just in a matter of time. I just got that in this moment. We're mm-hmm. just in a matter of time before the miracle that proves to us at the astrologer that there is a design. Einstein said it the best. God is not playing with dice. This is not yes. random. Right. So here's the most important question that I'm going to ask in this entire interview. Do you believe in aliens? Is that really a question? It's a, well, I know the answer. I just want to hear yours. Yes, <laughs> oh, 1000%. I mean, here's how I don't, I wouldn't say aliens, but do I believe in other life forms? Statistically, yes. Statistically, I mean, we are one planet out of trillions and trillions of planets in a galaxy, out of trillions and trillions of galaxies in the universe and infinity and infinity. To think that we are so narcissistic to actually think that we are the only life forms that exist out of the infinity trillions of other planets that exist that are Earth-like is very narcissistic. So statistically, yes. You're 100% right. It's the most arrogant closed mind. The unfortunate part of our story is our minds do not have the capacity to remember the future the way we remember the past. And even then our past is so limited. We don't, we are not built to understand the full comprehension of this existence. So the word is humility. I am humbled in the presence of that which created life. And in my humility, knowing astrology as I do, I am on my knees with prayers that says, please help me to help you life. What can I do today? So every day is my question is every day, who can I serve today? That's what I want to leave your audience. Who can I serve today? Where in this world can I make this better? Because what a privilege to be alive at a time when we're living in a computer. All of you listening to this, you're inside of a cyberspace. We don't even know if that's real. I don't know if you're real. Like AI is coming soon to your neighborhood. And by the way, the soul cannot be, there's no such thing as destruction or creation. Energy sustains itself. This is another law, the thermodynamic law. So your soul, which is gorgeous, you are a beautiful soul. It's going to continue across time and your daughter will be right nearby. And there's probably a hundred other people that you're madly in love with who you don't even know. When my son arrived and I put him on my breast, I remember saying to myself, this is really weird. I'm in love with this person. I don't even know him. He's on my breast in my bed, living with me for the rest of his life. Who else don't I know that I'm madly in love with? Such a good point. Yeah. When, when my daughter came in, it was just it was just instantaneous. And she is my my best friend, my other half. I think she has been the biggest blessing and the biggest lesson uh, that I could have ever asked for. You know, for those that are listening and they've resonated or are really curious of everything we've talked about, and maybe they really want to start their healing journey or to find their purpose or to just, you know, be better aligned with themselves, what would your advice to them be? I think the word humility, and I just want to say, you don't have to have a kid to have that feeling we just described. You can have a dog, a cat, or a grandmother. So they can go, there's a range of people that you can fall in love with. Do not limit that to children, because right now having children is not the best idea if you're aware of what's about to come. Not a bad idea, because there's beings coming in who need to be here, because we will survive, by the way. Um, the simple truth is humility. I find two words, humility and gratitude, to be the medicine that I use constantly. And I have this beautiful line that I use all the time. The reason why we live forever is because it takes that long to say thank you. Mm. You know, it's a very holy experience to be embodied in this level of consciousness, knowing full well 
that there's so much I don't know. And that humility gives me a very vulnerable heart that is so awed by whether it's Buddha, whether it's Jesus, whether it's Mohammed, who is it that you saw as an example of my grandmother who displayed, or the dog, who just displays unbelievable love? Like, you are such a lover. Oh, my God. You're so passionate. And your yeah. chart, you're so serious. And yeah. I am the same. So when I, with questions they ask, what should you do? Pretend you're Reese. Pretend you're Deborah. Take on people in your world that you see as examples where you see that they will not stop asking the questions. They'll wake up in the morning and ask for help. If you need help and you need to say, you know, I can't, why do these two women I'm watching, listening to today have so much passion and I feel so depressed? I used to suffer from depression. If you're one of those people, then you just ask for help and you get on your knees and you pray. And I promise you, without a question, there are beings waiting to answer your call. And they're always there. And, you know, I I want to say also too, that I think, you know, you mentioned that you need hard evidence. And I was that girl, like, I wanted my spirit guides to appear before me and as an apparition and state who they are. And it just doesn't always work like that. <laughs> so, you know, they may show up in, you know, different ways, whether it's through synchronicities or animals huh? yes. or... Or podcast. Exactly. You may hear the message that you need to hear so randomly. You know, it's not always going to be that apparition because it's that's never happened for me. <laughs> but I know they show up in other ways. I get numbers like 11, 11, and not just like one time a day. I'm talking like 30 times a day. Um, you know, there are certain things that I pay attention to. So they're, they're there. They're there. Um, Deborah, I appreciate everything that you have, you know, just shared with us, your nuggets of wisdom, your energy, your light. Um, I came in this podcast really tired today because I'm like, man, I am just exhausted. As soon as you got on the call, I am not even lying. My energy just uplifted. I all of a sudden felt energized. So your energy is very infectious. And I truly mean that because I came in tired. I'm like, man, I'm gonna have to get through this show. But it was very, you made it easy. And that's because your energy is just so enlightening and you're so high vibration. Um, so thank you so much for sharing. But before we leave, I want you to share what you're doing, where people can find you. And if they want to get in touch or do some of the astrology school, how can they do that? And we're going to link everything, but I want you to tell everyone. Well, the first step is I've written a book called The Missing Element, and it's no astrology in it. It's just identifying your personality type and being able to turn your observer on. So you can be compassionate. So that's the first step. Then there's the school, and that is DebraSilvermanAstrology.com on Instagram, on TikTok. It's so funny because I'm much older than I look. I'm headed towards 70, but you can't tell by looking. So you do not doing? look 70. And I actually very much mean that. I'm four years off. I'm three years off 70. Good yeah. for you. <laughs> so, so the trick is you do um you go to TikTok, you go to match where you go. Let's see all the things you go to. Match.com. That was funny. You go to TikTok, <laughs> you go to um Facebook, you go to Instagram. These are the funniest doors. You go to my website, you go to YouTube. I have very, very funny videos on YouTube to the tune of seven million views where I act out, you're gonna love it, where I act out Libra, Scorpio, and Capricorn. You'll just watch it and you'll say they're little five-minute vignettes. So that's one way. I have a course called Tell Me a Story that I do once a month where I actually teach a writing class that gets people to wake up and turn their observer on. It's really one of my favorite things to do each month. Um, and then I have a book coming out in a couple of years. That's so far off. It's like down the street over there. And 
what else do I have? Oh, this summer I'm doing a self-parenting class, a four-part, one-hour each class. I'm using astrology. Without knowing it, you'll find out how do you give your, just to your point, how do you do the self-healing? Oh, I love that. Um, I'm going to take that little match.com comment and I'm just going to take it as maybe that was a sign for me to go on match because that was random. So I think I might go ahead and make a match.com. If I have a wedding, I will invite you. I'll let you know. (laughs) I officiate weddings. Oh, you know, that's a sign. I will keep you posted on that. Uh, Deborah, thank you. Yes. Thank thank you. Thank you so much. And um, I appreciate gratitude to you. Thank you. Thank you.